Welcome, everyone, to Behind the Braves, presented by T-Mobile, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, Atlanta Braves Digital Media Content Manager. My co-host, Greg McMichael, Director of Braves Alumni Relations, well, he is an extremely busy man. He's got Braves country baseball and softball. He's getting ready for Braves fantasy camp. Very busy man, so we're giving him another breather this week, but fear not, he'll be back with us here in October. In the meantime, however, we've got a really special treat for you this week, uh, brought to you by our friends at T-Mobile. Uh, as we're recording this, it is Los Bravos Night at Truist Park. It's, of course, it's a great annual tradition that we, we celebrate every year at Truist Park. The Braves take the field in their Los Bravos jerseys, and we celebrate all things Los Bravos. It's always a really fun night at the ballpark, and we've got a great guest in honor of that. Of course, you're probably familiar with him. You've seen him on post-game interviews and press conferences, either on Bally or you've heard him on 680. Uh, Franco Garcia. Director of Player Relations for the Braves. Franco and I go way back. I mean, this is my ninth season with the Braves, and uh, he and I have been buddies all for all nine of those. Uh, one of the, one of the just the, <laughs> I think I, I'm not alone in saying he's just one of our favorite people around the office. He's just a great dude. Uh, really cool story. Lifelong, just a Braves guy from from childhood, and now obviously working with the team. Great dude, and of course the the Los Bravos brand and how Los Bravos started. Franco was a big part of that and just thought it'd be a perfect time to have him on. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Here he is, Franco Garcia. Well, buddy, this has been a long time coming. I've wanted to do this for a while, and I think you are... You actually, all you guys in baseball comms, I feel like y'all are like the busiest people in this organization sometimes because you guys just work nonstop. So it's taken a while for us to align everything, but I'm so happy that it's that it's we've gotten it together. And of course, fans know you and love you, and they get to see your beautiful face interpreting. All right, here's my first dumb question: Is it translating or interpreting? What is the what is the right term for me to use? Well, first of all, thank you for that intro. Uh, you can expect the check in the mail okay. shortly after this <laughs> sweet christmas um, is coming up so any any every little bit helps me yeah um i i guess i would say it more like interpreting just because there's so many different expressions and there's so many different ways of saying things and i tried to make it as relatable whether to the player to the audience as possible just because i know there's so many things that if it was literally translated it wouldn't make sense right. so i just try to adapt it as much as possible so within the context it does make sense it's so impressive what you do because see like dummies like me get on google and just try to like what you just said there make this thing exactly turn into this thing and it's just not that simple so that's okay well now i know you've, you've already taught me something one minute in i was gonna say i appreciate you saying that i think i make it look a lot harder than it is <laughs> and I, I struggle myself and it's it's one of those things where sometimes i'm focusing on the wrong thing and uh and then i just get hung up on well i want to make sure i translate this accurately and then the rest of the message just gets lost in translation but I appreciate it. No, you do an amazing job. We'll we'll get more into what you do, every, like your day in the life kind of stuff now. But I did want to back up from the beginning. So just to, again, fans have seen you, I guess on like on TV. Of course, they don't get to see all you're doing all day long. There's a lot more to it than just the the couple of times they see, or a couple of minutes they'll see you, like in a post game or in the case of last night's uh, game in, in the post the post game press conference with Ronald and and his boys, which was so awesome, by the way. That was a a wild experience for sure, and it was it was cool for me just because the gravity of it wasn't lost on me. It, it was just such a special moment, and growing up a huge Braves fan to be so close to it, it just and to 
see how excited Ronald was too because I think he is just so in the moment and so present that sometimes I don't think he realizes the accolades and the things that he's accomplishing and how special they are but it felt like yesterday he was actually really taking it all in it did it definitely did that moment was and it was crazy because then 30 seconds later Ozzy walks it off but in that moment I mean I've sat in the press box up there for what nine years now and been able to witness a lot of really cool things but that was one of those moments I was like I, I just I mean selfishly for work it's great but selfishly for me I'm like I just saw somebody on my team like my team my lifelong team do something that's never been done before in the history of this game I love and it's it's one of those moments where you got to step back and say, God, this is so cool, even just to be a small little part of it or be around it, really. No doubt. Yeah, the proximity of it alone just feels so special. And it's just like knowing that you're witnessing history and maybe we're taking it for granted in this moment, but could be in the next 5, 10, 15, 20, however long, however many years. We could be talking about I was right there. I was I was at that game. I saw him do it. I was able to stand next to him or sit next to him during the press conferences. So for me, it's, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of trying to soak it all up. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, let's, let's back up because let's get, so the fans, they see you and they know, they know a little bit about what you do now, but your background. So where were you, where were you born and raised? I know you're mostly Atlanta guy, but where was, what was early life? Where was that for you? Early life was growing up uh, in Guaynabo, Puerto Rico. My dad worked for IBM, so he would get transferred a lot. And we, we actually lived in Atlanta for a while, or they, they did, and then they moved back to Puerto Rico, and that's where I spent my early childhood, and then we moved back to Atlanta again. And so early childhood in Puerto Rico, and funny enough, we all grew up big Braves fans, uh, TBS, TBS kids, yeah. obviously. And then the fact that Javi Lopez was on the team was a big draw for us. I'm, I don't want to put my sister on blast and say <laughs> say the wrong, or not be accurate in how she had, but I'm pretty sure she either had an entire wall dedicated to him or maybe it was like the back of her bedroom door that was just cluttered with Javi Lopez pictures and oh well, hopefully I got it right hopefully she doesn't hear this and get mad at me uh, that's that sounds right Javi I mean I remember watching him as a kid and he was one of my guys too and that was 30 years ago and I've Greg and I were fortunate enough to interview him on here and I've, I've been around him a couple times hey he's just he's just a sweetheart of a guy such a nice dude also it's unfair how good looking he was 30 years ago, but it's extremely unfair how he's still that good looking now. Like I, I don't, guys like me got no shot when I see a guy like Javi out there, even though I'm happily married. But absolutely, I mean, must be nice to just to <laughs> age backwards or in reverse right. and just get better. And it's like, what's happening? Yeah. And the same thing, dude. A full circle moment for me. Just obviously, as an alumni, he's around and he still has a ton of connections in the clubhouse. So. For him to even, after a year or so, just come up and say hello to me. I mean, I, I, I try to act cool and play it like no big deal, but it, it means the world to me. I mean, he was not just my hero, but our entire family's hero. So it's just like, it's a big kind of like, holy cow moment. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that, dude. That's that's such a, it's such a part of what, like we both get to work with this team. It's like, it's never lost on me. Like doing this show, like I got to interview David Justice and that was the first athlete poster I had on my wall as a kid. And oddly enough, after I, I did that, we did that show with him a couple of years ago. Um, and I just assume that poster has got to be like long gone or something. My mom listened to the show and she was st went up in the attic and was looking around a little bit. And the next time I came home to visit in Virginia after that, and my old bedroom's still there. That's where I stay when we, we go back up there. Hanging on the wall is that, that David Justice poster. She found it's still there. I'm 40 and I go back home and I see it now and I'm like, oh, that's crazy. So it's amazing. Okay, so enough about me. So Puerto Rico, so you come back to Atlanta. So... TBS, always a Braves guy. Um, when 
when did you when do you remember that first like first getting interested in the game or first kind of becoming a fan of it? I would say it was probably I knew we were big Javi Lopez fans back when we were in Puerto Rico, but I would say it was kind of in the the runs more in the late 90s, early 2000s when I started becoming a little more invested and be one of those things where you, you had to go to bed before uh, the game was over as a kid. And then so you wake up the next morning, it's like, what's the score? Like what happened? And you know, unfortunately, <laughs> late 90s, early 2000s, it was never at the, at the end, it was never what you wanted it to be. And so there was always some disappointment at the end of the year. But that I think was one of like, where I've really started to start becoming a fan of the team and remembering the players <laughs> apart from Javi. And then it, yeah, it was just, it it was funny too just because uh just the the church that our family went to eddie perez was was a member there and uh or a parishioner there and anyways and so it was just we had this kind of like grudge against eddie for reason because whenever eddie was playing javi wasn't playing <laughs> and so it was just like oh eddie but then you know have you ever we, told eddie that now oh he knows oh yeah he knows <laughs> it was, it, was it, it's just super funny and we always laugh about it but um i mean just a great dude so yeah. i owe him a lot because he's he's done a lot for me and he's always been so just welcoming and helpful and you know just looking out for really a lot of people down there so when so did you play baseball growing up like little league and that kind of stuff played baseball growing up um what was your position oh man wherever somebody was hurt i think <laughs> <laughs> um in little league i played all around the infield mostly third base and then once i got to a high school they're just like go to left field and try not to mess it up yeah that's funny i had a similar career path <laughs> except they sent me to left field before i got to high school <laughs> I started out as a kid and I got to play first and second and I was pretty good and at that time kind of athletic and then a couple years later I was, they they put me out in left field for the last couple innings and I figured it was time to uh, hang hang them up when I by the time I got to high school so. at least you had that feeling I, I think there must have been some misunderstanding or, or I don't know if it was but I, I went to such a small school and everyone played all the sports and all the coaches overlapped too so a lot of the coaches that coach football would coach baseball and whatever so I remember any if it was a, a rare time that I did get on base, I remember our third base coach would just give me the sign of steal and I would get thrown out almost every time. And he would just be like, I thought you were fast. I was like, why did you think that? Like, what led you to believe that? It's like, you're the point guard on the basketball team. Like, I don't know if that exactly means I'm fast and or good at stealing bases. Well, thankfully, you made it to the big leagues anyways. Uh, or we can say, we can kind of say that we both did in a sense. We'll, we'll make it count. We'll, make we'll it, count it. We can count yeah. it. When did you first start thinking maybe I could work in sports or work in baseball or maybe even with my team, the Braves? Like when did that when did you kind of first have that thought? I think maybe uh, my sophomore or junior year in college, I was studying uh, majoring in sports management. Where, where did you go? Belmont Abbey College okay. right outside of Charlotte. And I guess I was just being encouraged by professors and my parents and family and friends just to be like, oh, just find something that you love. Because I was just having a hard time narrowing down what I could envision as a career moving forward. And so I think people would just ask, like, what are you passionate about? And then the cliche sort of, oh, I'm passionate about sports. Like, well, try to narrow it down. And I just remember thinking, like, man, I think it would be really cool if I could work for the Braves. So I eventually just started really thinking about that and just letting it snowball out of control and just sort of became like, well, you know what? I think that's what I really want to do. I want to work for the Braves. And I'm not sure in what capacity, but I think if I could just be a part of that organization, that could be something that would feel very fulfilling and I would be passionate about. So, OK, you have that that idea and that thought. Then it's like, OK, this is what I want to do. Now, how do I make that happen? I would and you tell me if I'm wrong. I would 
would think if you, if the goal is like I'm going to work for the Braves, then I, I tell people all the time if they ask me, like especially somebody coming out of school, if they're still in school, asking like they want to work in sports or more specifically they want to work in baseball and they, they'll ask advice. And one of the things I always say is, well, just to get your foot in the door, be open to anything that's out there. And that means any position and that could mean any location. Uh, there's a lot of people, everybody has a different story. I mean, I, I know like we hear Ben Ingram every night on play by play. He does an amazing job. We've had him on here. Like his, his beginnings are like an independent league team out in like Oregon where he was calling games, but also, you know, pulling tarp and also doing this and also doing something else. And I think there's a zillion stories out there like that. So, all right, you decide, are you, have this goal or this dream. I want to work for the Braves. So then how do you go about trying to make that happen? Yeah, I just, uh, I'm pretty sure I just got online and started researching, you know, internships. Cause by the time I graduated, I wasn't sure what, how I was going to get my foot in the door, what I wanted to do or what I even wanted my career to be, I, you know? And so I basically just saw the trainee program and I remember I applied and Alan Hearn, who's the, uh, Vice President, one of the Vice Presidents here now. He's been on this show, as a matter of fact, too. Oh, man. Love Hearn. Love yeah. Hearn. I'd shout out to him, dude, because without him, I, I, I wouldn't be here. He kind of gave me my shot. But before he did, he kind of humbled me a little bit. So I applied for his trainee position, not really knowing what that meant. I just happened to apply for his. It, it was just circumstantial and just lucky. And so I applied for his position, and he was pretty honest with me. He's like, hey, you know, you seem like a fine enough dude, I guess. But the truth is, you don't know anything about what we do. And I was like, fair. <laughs> um, and so he told me, I, basically, I, I can't hire you. You don't, you don't know anything about our operations. But what I can do is, would you be, could I, would you be willing to come on as a part-time game day staff employee, learn what we do, and then give it another shot next year? So I said, why not? You know, let's give it a shot. And so Hearn gave me a shot. And basically, I think it was oh, it was 2012 season. At the time, I was working as an independent contractor inspecting homes. Really? So my daily routine on game days when the Braves would be in town would be to wake up at around, I'm not going to, I don't want to exaggerate and make it sound like it was <laughs> three in the morning, but I think I would wake up like around six and kind of get to inspecting houses and doing what I had to do and do that from around 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. and then drive over to Turner Field, change, and then just kind of get to work on uh, the promotions game day staff. Amazing. How long How long were you uh, inspecting houses? Year uh, two? or Yeah, basically like a year and a half until okay. um, I was able to get that traineeship with, yeah. uh, with Ernie. And that was just, that was paying the bills like out of school. Yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah just trying to be an adult, you know, sure. kind of you graduated and I felt like I, I felt that pressure to, to have a full-time job and to, uh, you know, be a contributing member of society, I guess. Right. And I so I was just, and I was like you said, just trying to pay the bills and stay afloat. And so I was just kind of double dipping there, trying to. I mean, those those turned into some long days doing the home inspections, which it's a, it was a grind for sure, and it's kind of tedious, and you got to drive all over the state, and it's not just one place; it's a ton of houses. And the more you can do at once, the better your day is. Yeah, that's. I, I when I was before I landed here. I was, uh, to pay the bills, I was working at a dry cleaner. Shout out University Cleaners in Lexington, Virginia. <laughs> Jay, he was a, he's a great boss. He's a good man. And he, he he gave me a job when I needed one. But I, at the time, I had my only connection to sports at the time, work-wise, was a local television station gave me a weekly sports segment that I would do on Monday mornings on their morning news show. And... 
I got paid zero dollars. I would wake up at like five in the morning, drive an hour to get to the TV studio to do my one five minute segment for free. And I was doing that every week. And then I would come back and log in at the dry cleaners that I think I think work. They started at eight there or eight thirty. And if I was late because of the TV gig, my boss, Jay, was cool with it. Like he understood. But it's kind of the same as you, right? Like just trying to whatever I had to do to keep my foot in the door. And that's I, I love that. So you're working the, the you were inspecting and then you're going to do the game day stuff. So what was your game day staff role like? What well, did first you do? of all, dude, I had no idea you were on that. Like that grind, that story you just told was awesome. Well, I've mean, we known each other, what, like nine? About nine like, years nine now. Nine years now? Yeah. That's awesome, man. I uh, had no idea. I was, that was once I had after I turned 30. My 20s, I was just lazy. I didn't do much back then. I just hung out. That sounds like all of us. I had a good time, but <laughs> <laughs> I didn't advance my career much. So thankfully it all worked out. But but so right, you're on the game day staff, what were some of your, your roles and duties that you were doing then? Yeah, so I guess obviously I was eager to try to make an impression. So I uh, would try to get here early and just do a lot of the setup work back at Turner Field in the plaza for if we had a um, not a pregame concert, but like a, a concert on the, at the plaza stage or anything like that. So I've just set up the stanchion, sort of set up all the things that we needed to go on about the day. I felt like it was a, I, honestly, I've lost so much touch with the, the day-to-day operations now, but back then there was just always something happening in the plaza. So just making sure that I was, I was basically like a setup and breakdown team member and then distributing whatever, whether there was the playbills or if there was a giveaway that day to all of the gates around. And again, obviously we had a, a team of people doing that. So other guys are there too. And we were getting direction from Hearn and, and his trainees and everyone so it was a, a full operation um and then once the gates opened it was just about being where needed so whether it was passing out playbills or on bobblehead days which were super hectic it was kind of about backfilling wherever whatever gate needed bobbleheads at the time whoever was running low you're just pulling from another gate trying to make sure that everyone's <laughs> getting an equal amount that not one gate doesn't run out that was always interesting and it, at the time it felt really cool to have a, a walkie on you because you know right. that, was, that was one of those things where only the only the full-time staff members kind of had those and so whenever it was a bobblehead day. They handed you a walk, and you were just like, okay. Yeah. This is a real deal. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm here now. Yeah, I've arrived. Yeah. That's and cool. so that was sort of the stuff that, like, it was fine, and I, I didn't mind it. But And then eventually, as the game began, we got a little break, and then it, it led into uh, probably one of my favorite things that I got to do as a game day staff member, which was running the tool race. Okay, nice. Nice. All right, so. Which I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that I did that, but I guess it's out It's out there now. So I don't know if they try to <laughs> keep it a secret as who runs in theirs or not but it was me for a while if there are people out there that think that those tools are actually just the <laughs> tools in there there's not somebody inside there then i, I don't i got nothing for that them on is two bit that is two bit <laughs> poor two bit where you did you ever have to run as two bit or did you have a dedicated character so I, I ran as all of them at one point or the other um i think just by i remember when the one of the trainees that was in charge he was just like oh you, you kind of seem tall and lanky i think you'd probably be a, a, a good fit for the the hammers and stuff. <laughs> I was like okay and so nice. I kind of once I started doing that more regularly I kind of if I had a choice or, or I had my preference would be to do the hammer okay now you so you're doing that was this you said still during game day role or is this so then you go to trainee after that it was still it was in the game day role but then uh, when I transitioned over into being the trainee then it was your job to sort of or orchestrate the whole thing, plan it, get the other game day staff members who are going to be running in as well. So you're kind of more in charge of the whole operation. Um, so that was also a cool escape because as a trainee, obviously your responsibilities and your duties change, but that was just always a fun escape in you know, the middle of the fourth or the fifth or whatever it was to just be like, all right, let's go run in this tool race because it was just such a cool... Have you run in it? No, 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 no. no it's it's no. not too late. <laughs> no, it's too late now. I'm washed um. now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe my, the cutoff for me would have been... 
I'm gonna say around 2016 or 17. Yeah, it's 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 too late for me. Um, but it was just, I mean, it was just one of those things that I never really played on a big stage anywhere, and so just being able to run out, even though I knew in my mind they weren't rooting for me, they were rooting for <laughs> the tools in the race. You just you run out there, and and you you know consequently the the crowd just goes into a, a roar and, and you can't help but feel excited about it so it was one of those things that it, it never got old it was and then just everyone cheering and it, the adrenaline just got the better of you so i can't even imagine actually being yourself or being on that stage and having to perform because obviously <laughs> two completely different things but it was just <laughs> right. for me it was really it was just a cool experience in itself yeah it's still the i mean regardless of of the fact that you're wearing a a, a giant tool costume like it's still thousands tens of thousands of people like are looking at what you're doing yep. and that's uh yeah i i can't imagine that's that's awesome yeah it so, was kind of like uh let's just pretend it's for me for a second and yeah then, and then just yeah. crash back to reality Let, let's go <laughs> 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 okay so so how then do you go from you know you got the game day staff your trainee uh, and for those that don't know i think most everybody probably knows but trainee it's it's kind of Another term for intern, essentially. Uh, we still have the trainee program here where everybody, departments will get however many trainees, and then those trainees are here for a year, which is, I think, a really a really good program. It's a good experience for a lot of people. It is it is a lot of people's first foot in the mm -hmm. door, really, uh, as kind of like what you're talking about. So then, so how do you go from that to then being hired on full-time by the Braves, and what was that full -time, first full-time role? Yeah, um, so yeah, the traineeship is only for, for one year, and I, th I think back then, too, the organization was just a little bit different in the sense that maybe it's a little bit smaller just i think obviously we've grown um since 2013 um so i kind of had a little bit more of an opportunity to to work with other departments and get to know other department heads and long story short um i kind of established a good relationship with the uh, the department head of guest services and at the end of the year she had mentioned that they were expanding and they were going to add a coordinator position and she asked if i'd be interested in applying and i thought to myself absolutely you know a chance to stay on and keep working here so i, I jumped on it and fortunately it worked out and that was my first full-time gig uh guest services coordinator nice so what did you stay in that role for a couple years till you transitioned into the department you're in now yep um okay. i think 2014 and 15 and then i feel like the first year i met you you were still in guest services and my first year was 15 so yep then i d definitely was because i was still in guest services back then and in 2000 at the end of like 2015 2016 i think it was because of the mets and cespedes and just kind of like the success he was having i think mlb um mandated that all the teams implement a translator mm -hmm. to make sure that the media and the player itself can have a means to communicate with one another and so i was approached with that opportunity not knowing anything about it not knowing anything about the clubhouse or the world down there and i remember feeling kind of uh nervous uh i was like you know i don't know if i want to do this because i i kind of got a good thing going i, I know what i'm right. doing here and get services and i've got my coworkers who you know they sort of become like your family and we have a good dynamic and i really like everyone and um it was my boss at the time Aaron Sheehan, who just told me she's like you need to probably do this and and like i know I know what you're saying that you're nervous and all that, but you should you should you should go for it. It's a good opportunity, and, and I mean she was right. It was I had no idea what I was signing up for, but I just kind of had to. I had a hard time stepping out of my comfort zone, but luckily I had the encouragement, and that's sort of how the transition happened at the end of, or I think I said the beginning of 2016. I admire what you do so so much because you make it look easy and seamless, and I can't 
I can barely formulate my own words out of my own brain a lot of the day, um, much less hear what somebody is saying in one language and then interpret it and then be able to re relay it to a bunch of cameras and microphones in a way that makes sense to them, but also retains the, the intent and the message of the person who you're interpreting for. So it's pretty amazing. So how did you, I mean, you, you took the opportunity, but how do you even like, how do you practice for something like that? I honestly, I, I still think this happens today where I feel like the, the interview starts, I black out and then I come to at the end of it and I'm, and I'm just like, what happened? <laughs> okay. what, what was said? I, I, I think I leaned on my folks a lot where I was just like, I don't know how, how do I do this? And I think my dad at the time, he's, he's done a few things like that for whatever, whether it was meetings or personal stuff where, um, he would just help whoever, you know, help with the communication. And, but the truth is there was no training. I can't, I think just the fact that I was bilingual and I think I was really given a kind of a, a really good opportunity. Now it was a blessing in the sense that I kind of got to learn on the job as everything else, which I think it's not something that's not everyone gets that of that opportunity. Just sure. Like, Hey, like we expect you to know exactly what you're doing by the time you step in. For me, it was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. And it was very kind of upfront about that. And everyone was patient and it was, we went through the growing pains and we felt it out. And, but I was really lucky that I kind of was, I was afforded that, that opportunity to just be like, learn on the job. Yeah. I, I, I still think, I, I very much appreciate it. like my boss Greg Mize and then our mutual friend Victoria Klein who's now with MLB like they kind of at the same time you were learning what you were doing with in your new role as that exact same time they were kind of allowing me to learn how to do what I do on the job too because it took I know for me it took at least two if not three years until I fully felt like okay like I felt like I was doing an okay job at first but there was it took time before I felt confident like okay like I, I belong here, uh, and I can do this well, but even still nine years in, I still, I'm learning every day. And that's, I learned from my coworkers, my team, like I, I, other people around the league, like it's, it never really stops, you know, trying to get better. So no doubt. I go through waves sometimes from just like, what am I even doing? Like, I, <laughs> right. like, I know I do. I feel I, the same thing. Yeah. I have no idea what's going on. And then sometimes I convince myself that I, I don't know what I'm doing. I just know what not to do. So right. then as long that's, as that's a big part of the battle sometimes <laughs> yeah. though, just, yeah. just don't do that. And as long as we're not doing that, the, then the opposite should be in the realm of, okay. <laughs> right. Do you remember the first live TV interview you did? And I know I'm asking, that's like maybe a needle in the haystack because you've been doing it so long and so many times now. But do you remember? I I can't say that I do, but I'm going to take a, a shot in the dark here. And I'm, I'm going to say it was with uh, Adonis Garcia. That's in my mind. I feel like I saw you the first time on the field at Turner Field. And the camera kind of pans out from Adonis and whoever the sideline person was then. I'm not sure if it was Kelsey or, or who, but whoever it was, it pans out and there you were. And I went, well, I'm not going to say what I was. I was just like, oh my God, it's Franco. Franco's on. It's it's like it's happening. It's all happening. And I remember, I believe it was him. I know the first time I saw that I saw you, it was with Adonis Garcia. So I'm not sure if that was the first time in my mind it was. But I remember just as somebody who like kind of felt like I was your buddy, at least a little bit at that point, your friend. Like I remember how proud I was. I was like, dude. He just killed that. Like he's just like just did it like an old pro. So I'm sure I'm sure it was nerve wracking at first. Extremely nerve wracking. And thank you for saying all that. Uh, I think the one it, it, it was 100 percent like I said earlier. Where I feel like I was so nervous and I was just trying to play it cool or at least seem like I knew what I was doing. But I think in reality I would just kind of black out in the moment and then come to outdoors. I was like, oh no, was, <laughs> was that okay? Um, but in the early years, I think what was also really cool about it was I just had so many. Like you said, we're friends. I had so many 
friends here at the Braves. And I think it was just such a cool thing to be able to experience with everyone because I felt like everyone sort of had a similar experience. It was like, I know that goober. He was sitting two <laughs> cubicles away from me like 20 minutes ago. And now he's, right. you know, like now we're just watching him like spout off on, on TV trying to translate <laughs> for this guy. And I think we all just really sort of got a good laugh out of it and were able to enjoy it together and it became sort of like this thing where I don't know maybe you tell me but hopefully it felt like that, that's that's Franco it's one of us you know yeah no it's like we're I mean I mean yes there's literally a team on the field but I feel that like for us here in the front office I kind of feel like we're we're a team as well like we're all we're all here rooting for each other and anybody especially when you work with somebody and you consider them a friend in addition to a co-worker like you root for them to do well and you want them to do well and it makes you feel good when you they do do well and they succeed and that's how we've always felt and that's how i've always felt seeing you grow in, in your role the over the last god how long let's see 16 so this is eight eight years in this role for you or in this that 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 department, I guess is that right? Math is not good. Not my strong suit. If, if, if that math checks out, then it's right. All right, fifteen is my first year, and I I've been saying this is my ninth season on year. We're yep. both okay. It's my eighth season. You're right. Nice, very yeah. nice. Yeah. Okay, amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and and. and same, dude. It's it's great to see all of us, all the people that you know we sort of come up with, thrive and, yeah. and succeed and excel. And I think that's back to what I was saying. I think that's what was cool about it because if I think there would have just been more distance, it wouldn't have felt so close to home if it, that would have been an outside hire and they came in and didn't already have that relationship with everyone in the front office, right? So I think that for me was sort of what amplified the experience. It was just so cool that it felt like everyone was just supportive and rallying around and seeing all my friends and coworkers just get excited and it just made me feel like no one is more keenly aware that I'm a nobody than me but it made, but it made <laughs> nah. me feel like I was like oh man this is this is cool and it's just cool that get everybody else hyped up with it too well you've always been the perfect person for that role a cuz you do the role well the front the public facing part the the fans at home that all of us see on TV press conferences radio all of that you obviously do that well but i think what people listening would be most happy to know is that behind the scenes you are the perfect person and for this that role in that you're so good at building relations relationships with people and building trust with people and especially like you're the guy that's working with the with our players every single day and in addition to what they have to do on the field they're the demands on them outside or off the field are a lot especially on a good team really especially on a great team like this one we've got this year i mean the this the list the star power is unbelievable so what all right into that and i do want to get into los uh, los bravos we'll get into that but i did want to ask you this first now i say this knowing as somebody that knows that there are new two days that are exactly alike uh, in this job, I, I actually a bunch of us in marketing were speaking speaking to a, a UGA marketing class that came here last night, and I told them, you know, no two days are alike. But the best way I can describe my job is is I'm going to run you through what my Tuesday was because this was Wednesday yesterday. So let me just take take you through the day yesterday because it kind of hits on a little bit of everything, and and then I rambled for about 20 minutes very fast. And at the end, I went, and so that's Tuesday, and they all got a good laugh out of it. But the point was, here's how, what we planned the day to be, and then here's what actually happened. So no two days are like. But what is sort of a typical day like for you and your role? Yeah, um, like you said, no, no two days are alike. At home, I usually just try to get in and sort of get to work on our game notes, which um, obviously you're in the press box, so you read them, and it's a team of us that work on it. And 
you know, I've got my little section and uh, kudos to everybody else who's writing the game notes because I feel like they're really, really good at writing them. And I feel like I just try to <laughs> try to match them or keep up with them because it is not easy. It's one of those things where, again, I was kind of afforded the uh, the opportunity to learn on the job. Right. And um, yeah, I guess really thanks to uh, Jared Burleson and Jonathan Kerber because they both took the time to, in, in, in all honesty, teach me how to write. I, I just couldn't write. And I didn't know I, there was just even very simple things as far as structure that I didn't understand. Now I'm going off on this tangent that didn't need to happen. But anyways, no, no, so, no. And for those listening, like game notes, I know you probably you hear that on a broadcast or whatever, but the game notes literally every day, Franco and their, the staff, the baseball comm staff, they put together for every single game, game notes, and they're both digital, but then they print them out every day. And it is on those long sheets of like legal paper is I guess the, the, the mm-hmm. long sheets mm-hmm. of paper. And it is multiple pages uh, friends reference front and back uh, <laughs> stapled, together, stapled together and the amount of information that is in these game notes and that they produce every single day will blow your friggin mind because it's everything team related any number you can possibly think of and then also like blurbs and information on every single player on the roster the opponent the Braves are facing any pertinent information that anybody could possibly want to look up for that night's game is assembled in these game notes and they do it every single day so just for the fans at home to understand fully what the game notes are and then those are available for press broadcasters and everybody to use for whatever their their job is that they're doing but I'm, sorry I'm, go ahead. no i'm glad you said it because I, I could not have said it better um <laughs> yeah so I'll, I'll just try to do get my portion done which now admittedly i'm usually the last one to be to be done out of everybody so sorry to the guys um <laughs> and then the rest of the day just sort of fielding requests for all the players or coaches or whatever it is whether it's you know any internal requests for an appearance or a video or whatever it is to any media requests that we have and so just sort of communicating with whoever I need to and then sort of lining it up with the players and you know just kind of checking through all the proper channels to make sure what what, what is possible what isn't possible all that kind of stuff and then just about executing it when the time comes and then typically you know we'll open up the clubhouse and just be available there as well in case anyone needs anything in particular with any of the players or if anyone needs anything from one of the Latin guys and they need some help communicating with them and uh, and then you know shut the clubhouse down do the BP thing more or less still be available and just kind of get to the game and then just go up to the press box and watch the game again sort of it's about being helpful if you can in any aspect and that's sort of the day and then just the post game it, it, it i'm having a hard time getting specific with it because it just feels so routine for me right right no i mean it, it the, you just laid it all out perfectly though i mean i mean you kind of like you run through it quickly if if you're listening to this and you think about it every single media outlet that could possibly want to talk to a player interview a player has a request or even beyond media like even for me like i work in braves marketing like we have a video idea or or i reach out to you say hey franco like behind the braves next week can i get can i have somebody that's on the team can i have a bullpen guy whatever like you and the crew you guys are all you're handling all of these requests and again it kind of comes back to the to what we were talking about earlier there's always going to be a lot of those for any professional sports team for one that's really good really prominent and considered a contender that a lot of people are interested in nationally that's a lot that's a whole lot that is i mean you think about just think about wherever you're listening to this from think about how many local news stations your town or city has if your city has like here in atlanta i don't even know how many we have and then you start going to the national ones and then you start 
thinking, oh, that's just TV. What about the radio stations as well? And then newspapers, other publications. It's a ton. So Franco, he's, 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 he's modest and humble, as he always is, but it's a lot that he's, that he's fielding every day. And he's rela- dealing with, well, not dealing with it, but handling it all and with the players. For sure. And it's a team effort with everyone in the baseball comms uh, side as well. But it's just one of those things where, again, I kind of was given an opportunity that is super rare because I don't have a communications background. I, you right. know, I didn't come in the... I didn't come up in the media relations world up until I got this job. So the fact that I was able to learn on the job, it just it isn't lost on me how unique and special that was and what a rare privilege it was just because usually most of the people who get these jobs have been have went to school for it, studied it and sort of paid their dues, whether it was in the minor leagues or just in agencies or whatever it was. And before they get their chance to do it here. And so the fact that I was allotted that opportunity and given the chance to do it here without really knowing and just sort of learning on the job, it was awesome. And then it's like you said, there, there's a lot of other parts too. There's moving parts where it's awesome when I, I'm really lucky that you guys are so inclusive and you know, you'll call me up for a meeting and be like, Hey, we wanted to see what you thought about this idea or whatever. And I just feel again, privileged and special that to be included in that. And I think that goes back to sort of like the environment, the culture we have here and sort of the relationships we've all established with one another that we kind of have that rapport to just be like, Hey, you know what? Let's just, let's get in a room together and just talk this out. Yeah. And so that's, that's one of the cooler parts of the day whenever those days do happen. So one thing that I'm always mindful of when I request a player's time from you for this or some project I'm working on, I always try to make sure that whatever amount of time I've requested that I get done with them in under amount of that and under that time today, I have very much failed you in that effort because I've kept you way longer than I intended to. And I'm sorry. No, that's my fault. I've been rambling and, no. then I, and I catch myself rambling and I'm like, no, I tell no, myself no, no. To stop See, what rambling. it is, I've sitting here enjoying talking to you so much that I've just stopped even looking at the clock. So that means we're having a good, that means it's a good show. Don't look at the clock. You're right. Forget the clock. Okay. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we'll get to the last question then so that you can go on about your day. Uh, and I, I, I can stop uh, bugging you. Not but. at all. Cause I, obviously I've enjoyed it too. I've, I've kept talking. <laughs> I haven't looked at the clock once. I'm having a great time. So good. Los Bravos. So obviously I'm talking to you today on it's Los Bravos night tonight at the ballpark. It's been a fun new newer annual tradition. We've been doing it for a few years mm-hmm. now, but it's still kind of in my mind. It's still one of our newer traditions. And I remember back when Los Bravos first became like a thing and that became an idea. And we wanted to launch that as it's a it's it's its own brand. Uh, I think I feel like it's even more than that. I feel like it's bigger than that. It's more than just the branding of it. It's, you know, Eugene Brooks, our diversity director, always talks about the biggest thing is offering everybody a seat at the table, reaching out, right. just simply as simple as reaching out and maybe, you know, just offering that the chance or opportunity. So when we first started or had the idea like, okay, we're going to launch Los Bravos, you had a part in that in that we launched uh, the social media part of it was a very early component of it was I think Los Bravos Twitter account was like very now X account very early on. And you were the person running that account at the beginning, if I remember correctly. Well, thanks to y'all really, because I mean, that was another thing where I would not have had that opportunity had it not been for y'all being so inclusive and just being like, hey, what do you think about doing this? with us and really I'm, credit to you because I'm, I've, I've kind of forgotten about this chapter in our history but <laughs> you coached me through that entire season of just like hey this is sort of how you want to react in these situations this is sort of what the content you're looking for this is you know what you do in these situations and I had zero social media <laughs> background or experience or any marketing experience or anything like that so to be able to go that go through that with you and with you all on the team I mean for me it was just something special because obviously it was something close to me that I felt just 
proud to be a part of and it was cool in that sense to give Los Bravos a voice and if I could help contribute in that in any way it just felt like a step in the right direction and I, honestly I just I, all, the only way I can say this I just feel grateful that you know y'all included me in that and you gave me that opportunity to have that experience and have that growth and and I, I learned so much from that year and it was just again I don't know. I just I feel grateful that I forget that sometimes I forget that we did that for that entire season or even longer. I think that might have gone to like 2000 while. and like 17, maybe even to 18. And it went a it while. Just, yeah. It grew so much. And I, don't, I remember it was just time to kind of like pass it on and let someone dedicate more time to it. But yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was special. That's why I wanted to have you for like, especially on Los Bravos night, because you were part of that, like getting it off the ground and getting it started. And now to see what it's grown into and to see the players go on the field wearing Los Bravos jerseys is the coolest. I mean, it's just it's just awesome. And to see the flags and like on social media tonight, like everything's going to be all Los Bravos themed, even on like on Braves channels. And it's it's just a it's a fun night for everybody. So I just I wanted to make sure people listening like they know they see you now and a lot of like get to see a little bit of what you do now. But to know that you were part, a big part of that, getting that started, let it be known that Franco well, helped get Los Bravos started. Let it be known that it was thanks to you and Greg and, you know, all the folks over there in the marketing team just, you know, kind of gave me that opportunity. And, and you know, it was, it was really nice just because it felt like whatever I was thinking, y'all valued it. So yeah. it was just it was just a, a really cool experience. And I remember back when just even seeing the Los Bravos jersey felt like a pipe dream right we're like oh man there's no way we'll ever get this off and then we've been doing it for years and it's it's for me it's it's super cool it's awesome man well all right well franco i've kept you way longer than i meant to but thank you so much for your time and uh yeah i appreciate it and i look forward i'm just putting it out in the universe i don't want to jinx anything but i want to see you i want to see you translating at the world series celebration on the buses and the parade i want i want all of that again i'm not jinxing i'm just gonna keep saying it this year (laughs) next year every year that they allow me to work here i'm gonna keep saying it i love i love it no no no, we're not superstitious you know we're we're not not jinxing it so let's manifest it let's do it and ricky thanks so much for having me man this was awesome i really appreciate it thanks buddy all right